welcome to my sister's house. Thank you for tuning in to another episode. I'm your hostess with the mostest, Asia or Made in Asia on social media. I'm excited to have you guys back with me today, so turn up the volume and let's get to it. Hey ladies, welcome to another episode of my sister's house. I know I have been out for a second. Um, I got a lot of shit going on, to be honest, uh, but I really wanted to be able to have this conversation with my girl Dime. Um, Hi. Sis has a book out, and <laughs> it's just, it's fucking crazy. Like, I don't even know how else to describe it. Like, um, basically, Sis got this book, okay? And she's talking about her personal life, and it's very deep and very detailed, but it's extremely identifiable um, and relatable. And... It's World Health Day or World Mental Health Day, so World why not have a better conversation than this? Um, so especially today, especially today, like honestly, like whenever we when we first met, I feel like we talked a lot, like the like we had a lot of conversation about like our lives, and there was a lot of overlap when it comes to like things we both went through, and I think that might be why like we got along so well so quickly. But after reading this. I don't know. I feel like so much like closer to you um, just because let me see. I feel so much closer to you just because like I um, I I went through a lot of the same shit as you and like reading it in detail makes like so much sense um, about like a lot of shit that you do. Like even like when we met at the club the first night, like you weren't drinking. I was like, what the fuck? Like. Yes. Um. um. Yeah, I try not to drink. I was sober for like four months, maybe like four to six. Let's say four, just to make sure we're being extra honest. I mean, I really was, I wasn't judging you, but I was like, what the hell? Why she don't drink? Like, yeah. I don't know. I thought that you just like get crazy when you drink, but. That's exactly what happens, to be honest. Like, I OD. Well, I OD too, but I really, I admire your ass for uh, <laughs> sticking to it because me, I just be like, fuck it. Well, now I just try to drink wine. Cause if I drink, well, thank God, like once you do stop, like your body, when it comes back and you try to take a drink, your body be like, nah, sis, you're good. Yeah, no. At this point though, like this sounds crazy as fuck, but like I can't really, if I drink, that shit doesn't really do anything for me. Like smoking. Yeah. yeah that's gonna I feel be like a- for me to really like feel liquor, I have to almost black out and like almost blacking out. It's like almost dying. So like I just Damn rather it. not. Yeah. So like. For me, I just... i just rather not. Yeah, I've switched over to other things, but... Um, no, so, like, all the shit that, like, we talked about in the past makes so much sense after reading this book. And it's a really quick read, honestly. Like, I sat here, and I, like, you know, I got... You said... What'd you say? I said I wasn't gonna be able to read it in a day. But I did. And... It's like reading tea. It's... It's fucking... Like, all of one person's tea. Like, ooh, that's tea. It's like a whole season of, like... I don't fucking know. Like, this is like a season of a show... And you just have it. Like, you don't have to wait for the next episode. Like, right. you just got this whole binge, book. Binge read. And so, it's, e- it's an easy read. You got yeah. poetry. You got all type of stuff in there. Not to get bored. So, like, I didn't get bored. I just got distracted by shit. Like, I always like to clean up. So, like, that was what I was doing. But when I came back, I was like, okay, let me finish this shit. So, literally, there's, like, all kind of stuff in this book. So, you have, like, poetry, pictures, um, stories, um, like, your, like, health records, all this kind of shit that's in here. When I say, let me not say shit, but all the all stuff that's in stuff. here. All kind of stuff oh, that's wait, in wait. here. Oh, wait, wait, wait. It's, um, what is it? Like, media? All different type of media? Yeah. So, 
I want to dig into this just because, like I said, this is so relatable, and I feel like this is a conversation that people don't like to have, um, and they need to. Mm-hmm. So, like, with me, the way that I see it, I started this podcast so that way people could have a voice, you know, like, so that way people who are afraid to talk about stuff or who may be, like, a little bit passive and don't, um, I guess, like, want to talk about things as much, like, and just ha- put it all out there, I decided to be vulnerable. And I feel like that's what you did in this book. Like, you decided to be vulnerable and, like, be yeah. the voice of people that's dealing with all this shit. So, or all this stuff. So, like, um, a lot of stuff in the book deals with mental health, addiction, abandonment, relationship issues, like, all kind of stuff that everybody goes through, but it's the stuff that we keep on the inside and puts up this, like, frank. Yeah. Um, I think because most of the time we think this shit is normal. Because that's how much we don't talk about it, is that we think this shit is normal, or we're embarrassed, and then we don't want to go tell nobody because we don't know how many other people are going through everything they're going through. So, like, growing up, did you think that your, like, relationship with your parents was normal, or did your friends have, like, different relationships with their parents? Um... Ooh, like what age? Like, when it starts, when shit start getting trifling? Yeah, like when... Like- um... I, you know, I, I don't really look to my peers like that about, like, their parents at, in the beginning because I had both my parents in my life till I was about eight, and then they broke up. I think I was seven because I had my eighth birthday only with my, like, only out here in Texas with my dad's side. So, like, I would say that for me, like, I never felt like anything in my life was normal. And it was very, like obvious to me that she was different between my family and the way that I grew up but I also went to now looking back I can see like shit was crazy shit was trifling yeah but like when I was growing up no because I was to be honest it was like I was just as bad as my parents yeah you know like they was running the streets I was like you know doing whatever yeah so like I can say that, like, the way that my parents... My parents are in my life, and they're, like, they're great now. But when I was younger, and they've admitted this and talked about this, like, they weren't the best. Mm-hmm. Um, people grow. Like, people make mistakes. My parents were 19 when they had me. Um, but I see a lot of things that I dealt with in my life or did in my life that directly reflects my relationship with them. Like, I felt abandoned right. for a long time. Like, I lived with my grandparents. I lived with my mom. I felt abandoned by my dad. Then whenever I lived with my grandparents, I felt abandoned by my mom. And that, like, spirals into a lot of stuff. So, in your book, you talk about a lot of things. And so, how do you feel like your relationship with your parents and abandonment, like, drove you to maybe do other things? Um, other things like coping? Yeah. Um, well, it was just like, man, one day... I just woke up and I was living with my aunt. That's how it felt. Yeah. You know, like one day, like I just woke up and I'm with my aunt. And then I remember, like, this. I had cheated on this. This guy was cheating on me, right? Mm-hmm. This is. I don't even put him in the book because. Oh, I do. I do. I put him in that same chapter, but he's not the important one. So I had this boyfriend, he was a senior, I was a freshman, and um, he played the fuck out of me, like, from beginning to end, mm-hmm. with an ugly little thing. I'm like, <laughs> oh. That's the fucking worst, honestly. So then I was just, whatever, so then the, the, 
a few months later, I cheat on him. Like, mm-hmm. I don't. Me and him didn't even have intercourse yet. Like, mm-hmm. I had intercourse with somebody else at my school. He went to two different schools, and I told him something. On my conscience was like, tell him, tell him, tell him. I think he had texted me some bullshit. Like, I, I trust you. You're the only girl I trust. And I was like, oh, actually, look what I just did. <laughs> and so I was like, whatever. Um, I tried to tell myself, I'm like, if you don't think about it when you wake up, don't tell him. Yeah. I was like, I woke up, I didn't think about it. I'm like, yes. And then I put my head under the sink to wet my hair to do it for mm-hmm. school. And all that shit was just heavy on me. And yeah. I was like, fuck. Yeah. So I told him, and then he wanted to, like, he broke up with me and everything. I was like, oh, okay. And so I was looking at myself in the mirror one day, and I was just thinking, like, why the fuck am I in Texas? Like, wh- why? Yeah. Why? Where are my fucking parents? Why am I in Texas? Yeah. Like, I would never met this motherfucker if I wasn't Bro. in Texas. I had so many moments in my life where I was like, this would have never happened if you did this, like, for my parents. And, like, I remember it directly, like, in college. I dealt with that a lot when I was younger. But when I was in college, I remember going to college and being like, fuck, this is your fault. Like, this is why I'm dealing with this shit because, like, you you left me or you didn't do enough for me. But, like, right. as an adult, you, like, wake up and realize, like, okay, you can't blame them for shit yeah like but, it was gonna be a whole nigga in la to play me yeah so it didn't really matter yeah but like that was just my anger inside as to how i got myself in situations like why am i fuck? like how did i get out here yeah so like i, I feel that because like i definitely will say that like i had a lot of resentment mostly towards my dad and then i got older i had resentment towards my mom um but that shit drove me to do a lot of stuff and so like for me I could be open and say that, like, I I had daddy issues. I had abandonment issues, trust issues. I was, like... But, you know what? Like, the whole, like, um, what is it? Like, stigma around daddy issues. Like, mm-hmm. we need to address how many men have daddy and mother issues as well. Because yeah. it's... When, when they say, oh, she has daddy issues, it's because we hoeing. Or it's because we being promiscuous. Or we, we out living life and being great. Like... Yeah. Like, I, I, to me, I, I feel like my choice of men has to do with like my father like I do like when I was younger I used to choose men who act just like him sometimes yeah. even look just like him and I had to question myself like bitch you weird like yeah why you, you like your daddy bitch like I was like but fuck? that's a thing though Don like I know it's no that. right 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 it's normal but I like I'm telling you like it like I, so many of them have reminded me of him it's to the point where like yeah I'm like that. Like, I'll say, like, I, I don't like my daddy, like, in that kind of way. But, like, I definitely choose dudes who have, like, very similar characters to my father. Um, wh- whether it be good or bad. Like, and I don't know, like, if that shit's, like... It'd be good and it'd be bad. Like, yeah. it'd be the, like, it'd be the good. Like, even, like, my man now, like, he reminds me so much of my dad. In, yeah. In the good way and just a little bit in a negative way, you yeah. know? Yeah. Yeah, I'm like that. Like, I, I really like smart, funny. Me and my dad's fucking hilarious, and he's extremely smart. But I also, like, my dad sometimes can be, like, a lot. And I like, I don't, I'm not, I'm not going to say I like dudes like that, but I deal with guys who, like, I'm like, fuck, you got my goddamn marriage. Same way that my daddy does sometimes, like. Yeah. And I, that's why this whole, like, conversation for me, like, is really around, like, what's learned and what's inherited behavior. Because, like, I read a lot of stuff in your book, and I'm like, because I dealt with and I've been trying to figure out for a long time, like, is this learned or is this inherited? Like, for me, like, alcohol. Everybody on my dad's side of the family loved alcohol. Is that something that I, like, saw? I feel like and- alcoholism is definitely genetic. Um, but what is it called? Addiction personality? Addictive. Yeah. 
personality. Yeah. That's yeah, that's real. Mm-hmm. That's real. Even I know somebody who's never met their dad before, but I met their dad, and they don't even know like why or how they get so drunk. Yeah. But I know, like I've seen it on yeah. the other person. I'm like, mm, okay. Yeah. No, because I'm like that. Like my dad drinks a lot. Like he has to drink a lot in order to get drunk. And like. I used to be like everybody else, and now it's just like I have to. I would probably have to drink like twice as much, and I'm short. I'm five two. I'm gonna right. drink twice as much as a regular person to drink, and I feel like that's because like my family's like that. Yeah, it's OD. It's so I come from like a family that has like my dad's side has a very addictive personality. Like everywhere, everybody has been on crack in that family, cocaine, alcoholism. But I have this uncle, and he passed away. But I remember he used to pull up to my house randomly because he would, I don't know, had a client next to me. Mm-hmm. And he'd be like, how's your dad? I'd be looking at him like, the crackhead. Yeah. And he'd be like, don't worry. Like, I was there. I was there before. And I shook it. So, like, they want me to really, like, be hopeful until this nigga's about 50 or 40. Oh, he's 40. 50. So, what is that, like, four more years? No, probably need more than that. So, like, as a child, how are you dealing with that, like? How are you dealing with, like, knowing that your dad is this person and you love your dad? Like, I, I love my dad, but I used to have to deal with shit like, bro, why are you like this? Um, how are you dealing with that? Um, you know what's crazy is because um, I'm, my mom one day, she was like, do you want to go move with your dad to Texas? And I was like, yeah. I didn't really click to me that she wasn't moving, but also I didn't care because it was more of a daddy's girl. I'm like, yeah, I moved to Texas with my dad to be with him. And um, I got to Texas, and I absolutely fucking hated it. Like, my dad, like, my dad was like a nanny low-key. Like, whenever my aunt Nikki wasn't around, who was his, like, big sister, like, that he was on picking us up from school in her Escalade, dropping mm-hmm. us off, you know, like. And then, and man, it, I felt, damn, I feel like my Aunt Nikki and my Uncle Joy were my mom and my dad, and my dad was my uncle. Yeah. Because this nigga would be, like, at the Dominion Country Club partying. Yeah. Or he'd be out. I remember my dad, I used to wait for him to come back home, and he'd go in there, but he'd have a bitch. Yeah. And I could hear the music playing. Boy, I... Trying to fuck it up. I'd be screaming, <laughs> get out, get out. That nigga didn't care. But... I think my dad told me, like, he started doing coke out here. Mm-hmm. And I mean, like, that, I feel like that's normal. I don't really see people in L.A. doing coke like it's some normal shit, you know? Yeah. So I hear he would start doing it out here with his little rich friends. And then I ended up moving back to L.A. I just couldn't stay here. Like, yeah. I hated my, my cousin's brother, brother cousins. I couldn't stand my Aunt Nikki because I was just so young. And she was so, like, strict. Or, I don't know. She was yeah. so structured. It just, like, I was like, I, I can't up. stand you. Because I, I was like that with my grandma. So, like, I feel like your Aunt Nikki is my grandma to me. Yeah. So, like... Or probably not. My grandma probably your grandma. Well, my grandma raised me, but, like, yeah, my, my grandma... grandma raised me. I feel like my Aunt Nikki just... She took me in and she oversaw that I raised myself right. Yeah. But she took me cool. in when I was, what, 14? Like, she ain't have no... You know, like, what's she gonna tell... What's a, what's a woman gonna tell a 14-year-old? Yeah. You know, like, me and her clashed a lot. We clashed a lot, and it's sad because now everything she was saying makes fucking sense. Yeah. So you feel like, and you kind of said this in your book, but you feel like you weren't able to, like, appreciate her whenever she was alive? 
Um, I think I appreciated her. I, I kind of wrote that for granted poem for one of my brothers because I feel like maybe he might have felt like he took her for granted. Mm-hmm. I mean, yeah, I think I, I really wrote that with one of my brothers in my heart. Like, if I didn't tell you, I'll tell you. But I know he doesn't know how to express himself at all, so I just wrote it from my point of view. But, like, with my Anuki, I had enough time to... um. Like, just being a 17, 16-year-old taking care of somebody with cancer and you having to be that person that gives them their, their medicine at night and in the morning. Yeah. Like, and you, and you see the pain they're going through. It's kind of like, like, even, like, the times when she ended up in the hospital and she didn't leave, I'd be like, damn. Like, come on now. Yeah. Like, I could, I could just see how much pain she was in. So, and really, she wasn't even pain because all those... Those, all that heavy medicine and shit was like, you know, but it's making her go crazy. Yeah. And that was just painful for me to watch. So, like, yeah, when she was, when she left, I was like, thank you. Does it ever, like, make you, while you were, while you were watching her, because my grandfather was in the hospital for a long time, like, throughout my life. And, but there was a very specific time in my life where I was just depressed. Mm-hmm. And I remember going to see him. And ironically, like it made my depression go away. Like it made me like not feel as bad about me, and like it made me taking care of somebody. Like, and I don't know if that's selfish, but like me taking care of him made me understand and realize like how grateful I should be. Like, cause like people take health and mental health are two totally different things, and people take health for granted. Um, they do, and I feel like they do the same thing with mental health. Like, if people are healthy and shit, like. They don't think twice about what their brain is going through or there. Yeah. And then same thing when you are when you're messed up, you don't you don't exercise, you don't eat right, you know? Yeah. You just living to survive, survive to to be alive. Yeah. So like I mean I can say for me that I can only imagine, like I as I as I've gotten older, I've been able to I guess see like all the shit that my grandma did for me, like all the sacrifices that she made. Like my grandma um, was a teacher so you know teachers are overworked underpaid she was a teacher at a like 100% Mexican elementary school and I, I don't know what the, my grandma was dealing with like at school but to take care of me and my cousin because uh, my mom like they had us young not to say she wasn't doing anything because she was mm-hmm. but like she needed help I can only imagine what I was doing when I was 19 like to have a baby you know while you're in school so my grandma um started a catering business to like help pay for like my brother and my cousin and I's private school I say brother because we pretty much like grew up as brothers uh, brother and sister and um I remember like when I was younger just being a bitch like being such an asshole to my grandma I say that shit all the time I have to literally tell my little cousins I'm like yo watch how you talk to your grandma because one day you're gonna regret it I told my little cousin that when she was 13 I said, watch how you talk to your grandma because you never know when she's going to go. But she's still here. Yeah. She still talks to her crazy. But you know what? It's sometimes, and it sucks, it takes, like, somebody to to be gone to deal with something, like, or to understand yeah. shit because, like... And that's why I'm so grateful for my aunt Nikki and just that whole process of me being, like, front and center. Because, like, with my grandma and, like, you know, my grandma's 90 years old. Mm-hmm. And, like, I feel like she's really all I know. And, like, her arteries are clogging. So, like, she has to be taken care of, you know, until she transitions. So, I feel like, you know. My Aunt Nikki, being with my Aunt Nikki prepped me for that. Yeah. She's, like, my grandma's 90, you know. And my grandma been ready to go for, like, the past 10 years. Yeah. That's the thing. <laughs> like, 
feel that because like the hardest thing I ever went through was dealing with the death of my grandfather. So I lost both of my grandfathers six months apart. Um, and that was like the hardest thing I ever did. Um, they died at no you oh me oh that was like uh, 2017 so the mm. the last day of 2017 and then my other grandfather died in um the uh he died in june so like december and june like they literally died right not right after that's each other crazy. but that's like some trauma to do especially whenever you're raised by your grandparents mostly yeah um but i feel like after going through that, because I always used to say, like, bro, I don't know what the hell I would do, like, if somebody passed, like, my mom, my dad, my grandma, whatever, I don't know what I would do, because I never dealt with death in that capacity of somebody that close, but I think that, like, now that I've dealt with that, like, the most important man in my life passed away, it's not going to make it easier, but I know what to expect, and I think that I understand how to deal with it, so, like, the big thing that I've, like, noticed in this book is that, like, you, you're a really good person, first of all, like, Let's put that out there. Like, you've been through a lot of shit, and you did, like, kid stuff, like, stuff that you do when you're young, that, when you get in trouble and shit. Um, but, like, you are a good person. Like, talking to you, I don't feel like you some, like, bratty-ass bitch or, like, somebody who just... I know people who do dumb shit, and Thank I don't you. feel... Like, I feel like you were young, and, like, expressing your emotions or, like, stuff that you've been through mm-hmm. with your actions, but I don't feel like that made you a bad person. Um, yeah. I'm, thank you. I don't... I hope I'm not a bad person. I'm not perfect, but and I have done some bad things to some people. But um, I'm like, uh, I take responsibility for the, when I fuck up and when I do shit that I shouldn't do. And I say sorry and apologize. It don't hurt me. Yeah. And I think that, like, sometimes people who deal with stuff, like, who go through stuff or have, like, these negative actions or um, reactions to shit that, like, they go through. Like, so for me, like, I used to... When I was younger, like, my sexual um, relationships were 100% based off of my relationships with my parents. Like, my mom always says it's like a cop-out. I never told her that, like, what I just said. But my mom always says that's a cop-out. She would hear girls say that or, like, read that and be like, girl, granted my mom grew up with both of her parents. <laughs> she doesn't have any idea. But, like, she would be like, that's a cop-out. Like, you, you're not going through nothing because of your daddy. Like, you're not having sex because of your relationship with your dad. doesn't make any sense, blah, blah, blah. But... For me, like, as an adult, looking back at it, like, I was looking for somebody to, like, be there or, like, even to distract me from the shit that I was going through. That How old were you when you lost your virginity? 14. Okay, yeah. So, it's like, it's like, it's like, one, you're looking for love in the wrong places, right? Like, you see this shit on TV, like, the most special scene of what you, like, uh, the most special scene of, um, fuck, I hate this movie. Love and basketball. Oh. What is it when nigga putting the fucking condom on? Yeah, you look for this like romanticized. Like okay, like it it is romanticized. Like you know, it's not looked at as like no quick fuck or nothing. Like so, you looking for that? Not to mention we're like human beings, and I believe like I didn't know this for a long time, but I now I believe like that we're sexual from like diapers. Yeah. Because um I've been like <laughs> I've been masturbating since I was little or some shit. Like I don't know. I remember one time I was masturbating and my aunt walked in. Oh it was like nap time at her daycare mm-hmm. and I was masturbating and she walked in and just was staring at me. And I just act like I was asleep like <laughs> I knew I got caught and I was in daycare and I was like like it has to start somewhere and I hate the like connotation that comes with daddy issues because check this out i got mommy and daddy issues right yeah but on top of that both my parents are freaks 
Yeah. Like, I know that. I, yeah. My mom, like, she's wild. Like, and my dad, he's just a hoe. I feel like, okay, so, I'm going to be candid here. And I talk to a lot of people about this. Like, I talk about sex a lot. Like, not even just on my podcast, but in life. Like, I ask a lot of questions. I get really raw in conversation with people. Because I want to fucking know. Like, I just feel like so many people think they by themselves and they really not. Mm-hmm. And so, I've had so many conversations, especially with men, where they're like, sexualized very early and a lot of times from like older women so like we look at like molestation we think about a little girl getting touched by their uncle but a lot of times it'd be like dudes getting like whole blowjobs and by shit their from like aunties, by their, by their, by their, aunts, their, their friends sisters they, it'd be like, their mama friends and yeah. shit like mm, so like mm-mm. i okay so i'll say that like for me um i feel like the first time that i felt like a sexual being or like i felt any kind of like sexual sensation probably like six or seven like probably around yeah, that age like no, and i don't I remember have... like watching courage the dog yeah and like my uncle would be like in the room like doing some shit like not yeah. paying attention to me and i'd be like 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 a little kid courage the dog is on tv like my parents used to be outside my like our room window smoking and my mom would come in and I, like really like in my email to my aunt I say like I thought I was a demon child because I like my mom would be like let me see you touching yourself I'd be like yeah she's like don't do that but I don't think she knew and maybe she did because I'm confused like, like adult, no, okay so adults know okay so I have to I feel like they do know let me tell you why not even that like that that know that we do it but know that kids do that shit because they did it not nah, okay no no, because these motherfucking old ass people are in denial about half their life. Let's okay, that's real. the thing though, that they are in denial, but not that they don't know that it happened. Look, I, on, on my birthday when I turned 23, I was laying down and Mars was laying on top of me. It was like the end of the night. And Mars started like rubbing her stuff. Yeah. And I was like, what? She was laying on top of me too. So I was like, what the fuck is this? What's going on? So, of course, I hit up Google. I'm like, yo, what's this? Like, because I assume, like, the reason why I was such, like, so sexual when I was younger is because I might have been touched, which I was touched, but I don't know when it started. Yeah. So, I kind of tried to, like, root those two together. Like, no, sis. Like, that whole thing went poof when I see my daughter. Yeah. But I know for damn sure nobody touching her. Yeah. So, I Google it. They're like, oh, yeah, it's from the diaper. When it's too full, it applies pressure on the bone. This and that. I'm like, oh. And like you know, to this day, not to put my little baby business out there, but like she, she be, she be doing her thing. And I be like, yeah. go to your room. Like, I always do that wanted shit that in shit. front of me because like so like I remember when I was younger, like growing up in the fucking hood, like people be playing hide and go get it. And I, I was introduced to all that type of shit. Like I would say that I used to like feel stuff, but I would do that like or experience that on my own. I never expressed that to anybody. Mm-hmm. And then I remember like being You feel like it's bad. You feel like yeah. anything with sex when you're young is bad. Like with or like I, I got a little secret like I'm hiding it and it's just kinda like okay what the fuck. But when I went to I remember going to my my cousin's house, my aunt's house and we played like uh we'll be playing a game and that shit turned hella sexual. Like we play hide and go seek and then turn into like how to go get it. Or even, something. even now one of my um one of my best friends she walks. She'd be walking out the room, and she's find her nephew and niece like on top of each other. But that's up. a thing, though. I mean, you ain't gotta tell me it's a thing, cause I used to low key kiss on on my cousins. I mean, but that's a that, there's a whole phrase like kissing cousins. But like, people, oh, it is. Yeah. People do not like. One time I asked my brother, I'm like, hey, remember that one time? Uh, we was totally like 
you know, I was like, he was totally fucking the shit out of Winnie the Pooh. And I don't remember why I had. I probably had like a regular bear, but he had Winnie. And we just side by side, like some niggas, like. Like, like that, like people, okay, so. And then he goes like this, he goes, bitch, I had that blacked out my mind up until now. Like, I've, like I, I made him remember that shit. And I'm pretty sure he had no, no recollection, no recollection of it until I brought that shit up. I think that people was who, like. Laughing. I think that people who deal with who who experience that like either they black either they black it out or they continue that behavior so like i feel like for and me i definitely like, didn't black it out yeah me. i didn't black it out at all uh i definitely i wouldn't say i continued that behavior didn't. yeah i like i would say that for me like that continued for a little bit i ain't gonna lie for a little bit like i was like this like angel like people didn't like think anything like they're like oh my gosh like when i lost my virginity i lost it at 14 so i did i didn't wait but like up until that point, people were like thought of me as like the wholesome one or like this like a cute little girl. And then he probably was small as hell. Short. I was I was popping it. Um, and I like when you start, you don't stop. So I would say that like for me, I I had a lot of like sexual experiences, but I was very green whenever it came to like conversation. Like I remember niggas would like come up to me when I was in like sixth, seventh grade, and they would be in like tenth, twelfth grade, and be asking me like, "How old are you?" And I just didn't. I was green. I didn't understand what the fuck they were talking about. Like, so I felt like there's so much early sexualization. So what you tell them? You was like, I'm, I'm 14. I'd be like, oh, I'm, I'm 11. 12. I'm 11. And they'd be like, oh, okay. See, that's the difference between me and you, man. What she used to lie about your age? I just, I'm dead ass 14. Bro, but I, I, I lied about my age. When, when, when I turned 14, my, one of my uncles was like, how does it feel to be 14? I was like, nigga, I've been 14 for four years. Nigga, I've been lying. This that is disgusting. No, I used to lie on social media. Like, whenever tagged and MySpace and all that shit was a thing definitely was like 14 15 or whatever all them like um chat rooms all of them party line uh, yeah hell yeah i was definitely not a lady but like when i was younger like my like my friend's brothers would walk up to me and they would be like how do you you don't even understand how much like how much like <laughs> what feelings i got when i got to go to one of my friends house who had that fine brother yeah, my mom never let me go to that shit my daddy didn't let me do shit. That's why when he turned up into that, that, that I was like, cool, nigga, I'm out. Because you are strict in the mind. So, like, let's go back to your aunt being so structured and, like, that. Yeah. How did you react to that? Like, you said that, like, it's nothing that she could, like, say to you, but, like, how did you react to structure? No, 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 she could say to me. Well, I'm saying, like, it's nothing like, that she couldn't really control you, I yeah, would say. Yeah, um... No, like, we just clashed a lot, like I said, like, I don't, she, at some point, she just, man, I, I, I have no idea, she was just, maybe she just didn't want her kids, like, she moved from LA and moved her kids to, um, San Antonio to give them a better lifestyle, probably away from our toxic ass family. Yeah. And so, yeah, like, she, my aunt had bread, too, so, like, that acting ghetto shit is a wrap for that. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Like, you're going to do your hair. You're going to dress right. This and that. Like, but more so, you know what it really was? She was clingy. And, like, I, I was, like, the daughter she never had. And I wasn't used to that. Like, I wasn't used to the, come sit down and watch TV. Like, sis, I don't watch TV. And, like, that's the shit that makes me feel like I took her for granted. To be, yeah. like, to spend all those days because I was depressed in my room. Instead of, like, dying, come down here and watch TV. So, like, come, come with me here, the okay so you had would you say that you like longed for a relationship with an adult like 
like not an adult but just like a woman or maybe a man like for me like i love my like i never really push my grandma away i'm very affectionate and so like i used to always as soon as my grandma tried to give me any kind of affection i would just like cling to that but i also felt like I, my grandfather was the opposite like that nigga didn't do no kind of touching or anything like that so um I feel like that's why I was always with niggas. Like, every time I got a chance to be, like, away from my family and be with a guy like I was. Um, so do you feel like you dealt with that? Like, with you not... Are you affectionate? Like, I feel like you touch a lot. But are you, like, a person that, like, longs for affection or, like, closeness to people? I think I'm affectionate, but I'm not, like... I'm not going to be out on you all day. And, like, sometimes with Mars, like, if she, likes lays on me too long. Like, she's a big-ass kid, so I'd be like, get off of me, please. <laughs> sometimes I can't breathe, and sometimes I do feel like I'm not being affectionate enough just because I'm so much smaller than her. And when mm-hmm. she does try to climb all over me, like, when she was little, I'd be like, go. Yeah. Because, like, I can say that that, that relationship or that, that lack of relationship kind of pushed me to be, like, closer to dudes like me or wanting to be closer to dudes so like I was going to yeah, I mean I guess so like I don't know and I've always been boy crazy too so I can't even I've never really tried to trace the root of that you know I think I just genuinely love niggas hmm. I think I just genuinely love niggas oh my gosh this girl I feel like I don't know. Our niggas aren't good niggas, though. Yeah, no, 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 no. It's like junk food. I feel like I'm always trying to be this damn psychiatrist. And so I'm, like, reading this book, and I'm like, bro, all this shit correlates. Like, all this stuff that you felt that you went through correlates. Like, I feel like the relationships that you have with guys, not now, but, like, then directly correlates with, like, your relationship with your parents, your relationship with, like, your aunt. Um, Because I feel like... And I don't know if I said this to you, but, like, I feel like whenever you're in a, when you have a negative relationship with your parents or, like, you don't have the, do you feel like you didn't have, like, the love that you wanted or needed or craved when you were younger? Or, like, do you feel like you were loved? Whether it be, like, an aunt or grandma, like. Well, no, yeah, I feel like I was very loved by my grandma. My, and I feel like at first I was in, in the beginning of this shit, I was very loved by my parents because, like, I think I was with them every day for seven to eight years now in that time did i see them go through a lot of stuff yes but like it wasn't until after they broke up that like they sort of just tossed me to the side and like thought yeah. like let me figure this shit out and i could understand that too because like these are like those are like two people who, like i was in that accident you know what i'm saying like my parents were dumb in love yeah but, like, they were also trauma bonding. Let's be clear on that, you know? Yeah. So, like, I'm a karmic baby. Like, I'm probably a love baby, too. Like, I'm a November baby, so they probably fucked on Valentine's Day and made me yeah. type shit. And that's cool, but that love, it kind of faded. And then I watched both of my parents become very lustful. Yeah. So, like... Because my, my mom was 17 when I was born, and my dad was 22. Because, okay, so when I think about it, like, when you said that, it made me think about, I know women who have kids by men because, like, their, their love child, like, it's it's out of, um, like, you love this person, right? But then you love them so much, and whenever you have this child, they remind you of this person so much. Do you feel like that's a thing? Because, like, I definitely have seen women, people in my family, too, like, who have, a, not abandoned, but just, like, kind of started to disregard their child as their child because 
every time they look at you, like, you look just like your damn daddy. Or you do something that, like, reminds them of, of the person that hurt them or that left them or whatever. Do you think that that might be a thing? I think that is a thing. I think some people do start to resent their um, their children. Like, if it comes from that type of relationship where the woman, like, doesn't know how to put herself and her child first. Mm-hmm. And, like, she broke her back for this nigga. She ran dry for this nigga. Then I could see, like, the resentment. I don't feel like that was mean. And my mama, though. Yeah. But I do feel like, in a way, my dad has done that. Like, stay away from me. Because I feel like my, like, to this day, my parents have been broken up since I was seven or eight. I can't remember. Probably, like, seven. And, um, to this day, like, my, I can tell, like, my dad still has these washed up feelings for my mom yeah i could just tell like i just know like when i talk about her he'll be like hey like don't like stop talking about her like yeah he tries to like really take up for her and that shit irritates me but you your parents they don't have other kids right no they better not so like i can see that like i mean my parents okay my parents they like each other i don't, I don't know if i can say love but my parents broke up when I was five. They got married when I was 22. Like, they were not together between that whole time. Mm-hmm. So, like, for me, my daddy was the same way. Like, he always was, like, taking it from my mom or, like, checking for my mom. My mama was married. He was married. And he was like, where's my man? What's your mama doing? And I'm like, the fuck? Like, what? And then as a kid, you have this, like, hope. But then by the time I got to high school, I was like, nigga, like, yeah, gross. Yeah. Just stay the fuck away from each other. Exactly. And they didn't even do that. They didn't. Whenever I found out my parents was together, I was like, what the fuck? Now, <laughs> it's really cute now. I'll have like a look, a couple drawbacks, me being selfish, like the fact that I only get one Christmas gift and one birthday gift. But it's cute now, like seeing them like, Sis, wait till you have kids. You're getting shit. That's why I ain't having no damn kids. Um, I'm having kids. But, um, okay, so there's a few things that I want to like touch on. So, one, let's talk about, I feel like you had to, okay, did you carry your parents' relationship, like, on your back? Like, it was your fault? Did you yeah, ever- I did. And see, this was fucking crazy to me, because I look back at all the shit I blame myself for. Yeah. And at this age, I would fucking never. Yeah. Like, now that's on y'all old asses, like... And I never even, like, spoke up about it, you know? I was yeah. sad. Like, I never said, Mom, I think it's my fault that this shit happened. And I'm pretty sure if I did, she was probably like, <laughs> no, nah, I'm good, sis. Yeah. Because I noticed my mom, like, like my, I feel like my dad turned her out. Mm-hmm. So, like, once it was go time for sis, it yeah. was go time. Yeah. And she ain't recovered since. Yeah, you that's crazy. Me? She even, she got married. And that's, that's what happened. So, look. So, my dad moved out here. And he started doing coke. Then, I moved back to L.A. because I hated everybody here. He came back, too. And, um, but in the middle of, like, us, me going back and him coming back, like, my mom came out to get me. And she basically told him, like, oh, I'm getting married. So, he's like, oh, to who? And if you know my dad, my dad is psycho. So, like, I was one of those people who, like, they... Like, man, I just, I'm, 
I'd be uncomfortable to bring men around my father or to bring my father around men because his face and like his energy and like yeah he just don't like that type of shit mm-hmm. like if I know somebody that he know and it's a man he'd be like mm. yeah and I gotta worry about him going to that person like so you know my fucking daughter like and so yeah so okay so he um he was asking her like who is this nigga and she was like man he I can't believe this shit when I hear this whack ass story but he done told me three times so shit if you tell me three times it must be almost real mm-hmm. so he's like oh yeah um my your mom she like she's basically said like oh i'm getting married this man stopped doing crack for me and he basically told me like he's just picked it up he picked it up right after she said that shit like let me maybe i'll try it and maybe she'll like me again or some weird ass shit i don't know and i had to really i asked him like that was that was dumb no yeah like, yeah but i also have to ask him too like you know fucking fucking with my mom was like nasty right yeah and he'd be like yeah i know that shit like you know you were 20 22 yeah. since we're still in high school i wonder like okay so whenever i read it i was like because that was kind of like glossed over mm-hmm. their age difference yeah yeah and but my grandparents like she's 90 and my grandpa if he was alive he'd be 90 94 yeah and they got married when they when they were like 16 but like at that time that was a that was okay i guess but like yeah. when your parents were because your parents your parents are like around my parents age and like my that like wasn't normal and i feel like that like might i don't know i feel like that's a conversation that needs to be had maybe not today but just like have you ever thought about that in detail like your father being with your mom when she was that young yeah you yeah. know it's fucking nasty and i asked him well not even nasty just the fact that like i don't know like just how it, like the effects that it had on your mom and like how they might have translated into you guys relationship because i could imagine like being like 17 and then somebody said that was 22 mm-hmm. and like you're getting pregnant by him and like shit doesn't work out like your damn not your childhood but like you were a kid when it when it, that, that shit happened oh i feel like my mom had a fucked up childhood though so it wasn't like nothing was being taken from her i feel yeah. like she fucked with my like i said really trauma bonded my mom lost her mom when she was 14 from heroin and then her dad is like a bitch from what i hear yeah and then my dad he had a pimp for a dad and then his mama was a hoe and the mama his mama went to the pen for six years and so she didn't have no fucking mama. And when yeah. she got out, she still didn't have no mom because my my papa wouldn't allow him to be around no other man. And my yeah. grandma couldn't hold no more because she was on paperwork. And they yeah. were really looking for my papa. Yeah. So, like, he was done with her. And then he was telling her, like, well, my son can't live with you because you, you about to live with whoever. Yeah. And so my he ended up sending my dad back to L.A. to live with my grandma my great-grandma. And I feel like, so both my parents lived with their fucking grandma. Mm-hmm. My grandma even, like, let my dad move in. Because they were so young. So my grandma basically took my dad in. And then I heard, this is what I hear from all my dad's friends, basically. Like, once my great-grandma died on his side, mm-hmm. he was never the same. But you know what? Now that you say that, like, my gra- both my grandparents were raised by their grandparents. Mm-hmm. And that's what made them, like, end up like raising their kids like on my mom's side on my dad's side too so like they made sure that like they stayed here they fucking hated each other but you like really couldn't feel it mm-hmm. but like 
they made sure they stayed together for the kids so that way their kids had like a two-parent household and my parents grew up in that and whether or not they dealt with like any kind of trauma or like issues every family has their problems I feel like that's kind of how like they ended up ironically having their parents raise their kids mm-hmm. and well me and so I feel like that's kind of how me and my grandparents bonded but that kind of trauma like is passed down or that kind of like yeah, um, it's and I swear, like it's pretty much only passed down when you don't address it. Yeah. You address that shit and you you, you get over that shit. You talk about that shit and you, you need to share it with your kids too. So they don't fuck around and do the same shit, you yeah. know? So it's just it's so many like things we must do once we address it. Yeah. But that's why like I said, I'm trying to have this conversation because or I I've started this conversation and this whole podcast, all this shit is the whole purpose of it is so that way people don't have to make the same mistakes that we made or stuff that we experienced as kids. Like, I want to make sure that nobody has to deal with that. Um, that they can learn from my mistakes or learn from my parents' mistakes. Or if you got kids, seeing like why your kids going through this or why, uh, like, making sure your kids don't have to go through that. Or which, see what you're doing to your children by like mistakes or choices that you're making. Like, for me, like, um, even my parents going out, like my mama always said, swear, like I never went out that much. Girl, I remember you going out. And like, as a child, when you like literally walking out the door feels like abandonment to a child. It's just like a dog. Like you can't walk out. Like when, every time you walk out the house, your dog's like, where are you going? Mm-hmm. A child is the same way. Right. So like, um, not to equate a child to a dog but, or an animal, but it's the same kind of bonding. Right. Um, and so I feel like this conversation these conversations are important and talking about all these different topics are important because that's the only way to heal is to talk about it and that's why like i applaud you for having this conversation like you knew the risk that you were taking whenever you wrote this book yeah um and so like you're dealing with like family stuff because like you wrote all this stuff in here and that's like that takes a lot of courage to do thank you yeah i mean i think so from from front to finish, that ass. I was like, I seen the bigger picture of like mm-hmm. changing the youth, healing myself so my daughter doesn't go through the same shit, mm-hmm. healing my sisters, healing my friends. Damn, they tried to heal my mom. That shit ain't work. Uh, you know, and um, not until I finished. Like I really finished the shit, and I was just sitting on it, and it was like my anxiety tugging at my heart. Yeah. Like, and you throwing these motherfuckers under the bus and then in my heart it's like it's the truth and there's yeah. a bigger picture and then my guy's like they're gonna be pissed and I was just sitting on it and then my grandma read it and like that's the number one person who I was like afraid of like reading it and like hurting her and she read that shit and she called me up and was like wow like you did that and my anxiety went away bro I put that fucking book out yeah the same like no I'm but- gonna tell you how to book it out so the way that I see I knew it, that anxiety shit was coming back from my ass. Like okay, so when I was a kid, I was molested. I talk about this a lot. Like I was molested, and I was molested by somebody that was like close to my age, like a little bit older than me, but like close to my age. Mm-hmm. And so when I was younger, I used to I used to write in a diary a lot. Like mm-hmm. that's something I want to pick back up. Like I used to write in a diary every I single night. I wrote in a diary when I lived out here when I was eight, and I said I hate my I hate I hate Taylor, which is my brother. And I was like I hate my aunt Nikki. And my aunt Nikki, the most fucking diaries. That you have to do a little fingerprint and all type of shit. Yeah. Too. This bitch got into my shit and read that shit. That shit had me crying. Like, what is it called? Like, the mind? She said she hated me. She was mad, but, like, since she broke into my diary. I was also a kid, so, like, 
don't take it personal. She took it personal. But, but my mom, I didn't have all that. I have one. Like, I had, a, like, my passcode. Whatever that shit was. It was, like, electric ones. Yeah, I had one of those. That shit was fire. When you yeah. used to open and shit. And you, like, the voice activation. Yes. And my, my, my cousin broke into it. But I never really wrote anything in there. I wrote in my actual diary. And I remember writing in my diary and saying that, like, um, like, talking about molestation. Like, my cousin touching me. And, like, how another one, like, my cousin that's, like, close to me. How he kind of, like, didn't help me but he was a kid like he didn't fucking know like now as an adult i see it like you don't know any difference you probably was getting touched too or like you right. thought this is okay so how do i know what your experiences are right. so um i remember um me going through that and like my grandma reading that and then me like saying like no 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 like she was she, she told my mom i was mortified she told my mom she told my grandfather because it was my not to put that like it was on my grandma's don't play that yeah she was like she was like do you want me to call the police you want to press charges we need to have a family meeting with like everybody like who was involved his parents his grandparents us like we need to sit down and figure out why this is like you're not going over there no more but like had this whole thing and i was just in my mind like i don't want him to get in trouble like i don't want him to get in trouble i don't want this to be a big thing i don't want everybody to know you know, and I think that like people go through that shit. Like I think that as a kid, that's a lot to be on a. You want to protect your abuser, and it's it sounds weird when you say it like that, but you want to mm-hmm. you want to protect that person because. Nah, bitch, tell me why we want to do it because I don't fucking know. I feel like I've done the same thing with my grandfather. Like I wanted to protect him. No, actually, subconsciously, I wanted to protect him. That's why I didn't say nothing. I put a mental block on that shit and kept kept the fuck on. You know what I'm saying? Like I put, I started. I start going to sleep with my full, fully clothed, and I start sleeping by my grandma instead mm-hmm. of sleeping by my grandpa. And I think that, but I think that we protect people who do that to us in a lot of situations. Like I feel like in relationships, like I don't, you know, if something happened in your relationship, you don't go run and tell all your friends exactly what happened. Like you keep right. details because you want to protect them. Like I'm like that. Like I don't tell all my friends exactly what happened unless I know I'm about to break up with this man. I'm never gonna talk to him mm-hmm. again in life. But for the most part, I'll keep stuff to myself. One to not embarrass myself, but also to not embarrass Especially him. If you, right, right, right. Yeah, no, I don't know. I, I feel like I was protecting him too. Awesome, just because what took me so long to say something? Why did I never say anything? Mm-hmm. And then, not only him, like I was protecting my grandma. Yeah. And I was, and I thought I was protecting everybody who loved this man. I loved him, and I never changed how I felt about him even after that shit happened. You know, like even after I caught him when I was little, I just literally put my put more clothes on when I went to sleep. Because mm-hmm. like when I was younger, I used to sleep in t-shirt and my panties. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. So when I, after that shit, when I caught him, I started putting pajama pants on, and I used to sleep at the foot of the floor. I mean, the foot of the bed, because my grandpa, he used to stay up all night, cause mm-hmm. he um he was a retired sheriff, and he had that, what is it, night shift. Mm-hmm. So he used to stay up. I was like, you know, he me little. I'm like, oh, I want to stay up too. Yeah. So I stay up, and I fall asleep on his side of the bed, and just be talking to him. And after that shit, you know, I started sleeping next to my grandma, yeah. and I never said nothing. I I had like a fucked up attitude. Like the next day, when my grandma asked me, she was like. Where'd your panties go? And she's like, you lost your panties? And I'm like, no. And I ran to the bathroom, got my shit together. I thought I had to be like nine or 10. And I got my shit together. And um, yeah, I mean, I like that shit never happened. Quick so did you ever resent your grandma for not like recognizing that? No. I feel like I would have. I did. Yeah, no, I didn't. Um, I didn't. Um, Cause I don't know, like both of those, like my grandma and my grandpa were my best friend. And my grandma still is my best friend. 
once my grandpa passed away in 2010 that's when i opened up pandora's box of what he did because it was just yeah. like well why did he do that and plus my nikki had called me down the stairs and was like yo what's up with you like yeah i know you i know how you acting because that's how i used to act who touched you and i'm like bitch yeah and at that point it was like life or what yeah and i was like my grandpa because like i think also too for me like the big thing was my my grandma my grandma is like my okay i'm not gonna put her business out there but like my grandma was very overprotective of me my mom is too and like they didn't want me going i'm the only girl in my family i say that a lot like i literally i got like two female cousins or like that's around my age mm-hmm. but like growing up it was a lot of little boys right and my mama would be like and my grandma would be like no you're not spending that over here like you can go play but you got to come back home. And you I see, remember, I don't like, think my grandma would ever do that. She would never. My grandma's white, FYI. Like, she never going to be like, you can't go over there. It's too many boys. I'm going to have fun. Bro, my mom and my grandma was like that my whole life. And then, like, even my friends. Like, my friends had, like, boy brothers and stuff. No. Well, brothers. I couldn't go over there. That's so, like, my dad was. I used to always be like, no, like, it's like you, you're thinking too much, you know? And, like, so when, I guess when it happened, I was like, fuck, they right. And I did, I was embarrassed, maybe. I don't fucking know, but, like, I think that it was a that was a lot to deal with as a kid. Like you hold on to that because like you can't erase that shit. Like and as a kid, unless your parents put you in therapy, you don't really deal with that. You just like move on, and then it maybe comes out in some like manifests itself in some other part of your life or later on in life, like early sexualization or like anything, anything, anything that you do, like your sexuality, your like drugs or whatever. Like however you process that. But like to me, one thing I'll say about you is like I appreciate your relationship with therapy and like you doing so like how did you start going to therapy my uncle joey he has seen like <laughs> he's seen my arm and i would i would od when i was i was i was such an angry teenager like i didn't give a fuck but like i i like tried to wear long sleeves i tried to do all that you know and uh he's seen that shit one day Cause he had low key, he had forbidden me to, or forbid me to see that um the guy I was dating mm-hmm. after after he seen my arm and I was like, I'm gonna kill myself for real. Yeah. And then he was like, putting your ass into therapy. Yeah. So he put me into therapy when I was in the temporary. And so like, but you continued that on your own though, like. Yeah, I well, I I continued therapy up until I turned uh eighteen. That's when my insurance ran out in Texas, mm-hmm. so I didn't go back and um i went to la and so then i was living a terrible fabulous but terrible life yeah and um like years went by and i got pregnant (laughs) i got pregnant and then i had her and then my homegirl would change her and i'd be looking at this bitch like yeah. Like, um, I try to ask my brother to watch her, and I feel weird. Yeah. So my grandma just watch her, but my grandma 89, 90, yeah. 88, like, you know. And so I was like, you know what? I need to go to therapy because I cannot leave my daughter with nobody. Yeah, you're not trusting Like, me. I don't want to accuse nobody. God damn it, I'm even tired of having these disgusting-ass weird feelings towards the people I love. Like, yeah. looking at them like, mm, yeah. I don't like the way she changed my baby diaper or whatever yeah. it may be or like may, like you know even just to see one of my friends change and i changed my my uh my nieces and nephews diaper without having to be asked you know yeah so just to see that but to feel like don't leave the room yeah 
that's ugly as fuck. Yeah. So I was like, babe, I need to go to therapy. Plus, these people were trying to get me to work, and I was just like, I'll get a job if y'all fucking want me to, but y'all just need to leave me fuck alone. Yeah. And they were like, just, you need to go to therapy. Yeah. They're like, because we could tell you're not socialist at all. And I was like, like yeah. I'm fucking depressed. Like, the fuck? And so I started, I, pick, I picked up therapy again in 2016, towards like the end, like November. And yeah, I basically, like, I was in there and I was telling her, you know, whatever I was telling her in the therapy sessions. But I'm, I'm happy I picked it up. But what I'm like, what I, I look back when I picked up therapy again and I wasn't all the way honest, you know? Mm-hmm. And that's like, therapy could have went much better and much stronger if I was, if I went in honest. Mm-hmm. But I was so afraid of like, well, what happens if, you know, this bitch calls CPS on me or something? Yeah. So I wasn't honest. And plus, I feel like, you know, sometimes there's days where, like, that shit can be above the surface. And I'm really real talk. Like, I hate the type of therapy where I, I used to go. And she'd be like, let's talk about this last week. Because I was, I was like, she ordered me to come in once a week. Because mm-hmm. that's just how depressed I was after I had Mars. Mind you, I was just as depressed before I had her. I just didn't notice. Yeah. And I didn't have thoughts to put that around. Instead, I was going out, hanging out partying, doing shit I wasn't supposed to be doing type shit, you know? So after I had her, I went in, and then, yeah, like, that whole, like, I stopped going, too. Like, I wasn't consistent in it. I was consistent enough, you know? But I wasn't, like, just like, well, what did you do this weekend? If I had a bad week, I wouldn't go in. Yeah. And that was the time I'm really supposed to go in. Yeah. But, like, I already knew my attitude, and I knew what, like, with my therapist, it was like, bitch, like. Was your therapist white or black? Um, my first my first therapist was white. She was hella sweet, and that's when I was hella rude. I remember I was like, she was asking me all these questions. I was like, no, you need to tell me about you. She was like, okay, I'm pregnant. My sister's a lesbian. This this. <laughs> I bet. And then I got cool with her. And then my next one was a psychiatrist because I started taking medicine in high school. She was white. I didn't like that bitch too much because I read her fucking paperwork on me and like to put like that. I was, what, four, 15, and this bitch told me I was dressed in provocative, like, bitch, the fuck are you, like, are, are you sexualizing me? Yeah. You're a therapist, the fuck do you mean I'm dressed in provocative, and all I showed was my mid, my midriff, like, yeah. so that type of shit irritated me, and so after that, when I picked up therapy again in LA, I had a white one. So do you feel like you have a, like- She was cool, but, like, I specifically, like, she had to transfer me over to um, drugs and alcohol therapist, mm-hmm. and she was black. Okay. So I suggest anybody, and I always do, like, all my friends, when they get therapists or they look into it, I'm like, make sure you get you a black woman, because can't nobody hold you down like a black woman, like... Yeah. Why don't know what you... Therapy. I remember my, my therapist, she said, um, not the black one, it was a white one, and she, it was a whole topic, like, it was Mars's first Christmas. And she's like, oh, um, what type of decorations are you going to get for a tree? I was like, oh, I need to go find some because I'm not putting no white angel on my tree. Yeah. Sis said, why? I'm like, bitch, angels aren't white. But um, I was just <laughs> like, I want a black one. And she was like, well, you're you're mixed, so you could put one white one and one black one. And I was like, bitch, I need a black therapist. Who, yeah. who are you talking about? Like, yeah. And I found her, and she was hella dope. She was hella dope. Yeah, I think that, like... One, is very important to go to therapy, but two, it's very important to have a therapist that understands you because then they process things differently that you say and experiences that you have. Because I feel like the way that you talk, the way, like not you specifically, but like you as a like black person, like 
the way that you um, talk, your experiences, your culture, like things that you go through, you don't have to waste your because you're paying for time first. Of and all. don't nobody feel us the way we feel us. Yeah. So like, yeah, no, it's a no go for me. Like genuinely, like if you can get a therapist, get a black woman, like. Cause, and that's another thing, like, they're going to correct your ass, too. Yeah. You know, like, they can't help it. Like, they just, they're going to correct you, like. My life went off. Um, so, I felt like, uh, oh, I almost deleted this one. I was going to be so upset. Um, but I felt like, in, in general, um, you go through so much stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And so, like, therapy is a release like it's an outlet like it's something that you can you can have a conversation with somebody who understands you um you can uh sit here and like have somebody to identify with that like gets you like it's a it's a when they're black it's a level of security that is unmatched like you're taking off a a a level of anxiety or, or um i don't know how to how to articulate that but i just feel like you don't it, it, it's just like a relationship. So for me, like, I would never date anybody. And not to say it like this, but I say this a million times, I'm not dating nobody that's not black. Because I'm not, what, I'm not about to deal with that. I have a whole extra level of, like, explanation that I have to do. And a whole, like, identity that I have to explain to you all the time. And it's just until you understand me as a black person. And they'll never do that. Myself. Right. They'll never do that. So the fuck is my mother? your thing this is embarrassing um but the last thing i really want to talk about is just like relationships so um not even just like romantic relationships but um a combination of the two so i would say for me like i said my relationship with my parents 100 percent reflected my relationship with other people so like my romantic relationships my friendships um i guess like how i will have a relationship with my children how i treat my brothers like it goes directly into that so um do you feel like at this point you have like a very beautiful relationship and like goals okay so like i just feel like in hindsight do you feel like you one may have been willing to settle for something that was less than you because of a relationship that you have with your parents and then two do you feel like um do you feel like you still have relationships that you might need to mend due to your past relationship with your parents um well i feel like that my my high school relationship that i went through it was um Man, that shit was long and it was tough. And I was single for a long time after that shit. Like for a long, long time. I didn't get back into another relationship after my high school one that I put in the book. And my grandma always told me too, it was like she said, Y'all it was you were too young. Yeah. And it was a serious ass relationship. I, I mean my ass would. Yeah. You like, know? Like You was going through shit that grown people go But through. it was like a exactly, but it was just to like have somebody to be with you know mm-hmm. it was like a fantasy to me mm-hmm. like and that's like a question too like do you feel okay so i i know that the answer for, to me it's for me is yes do you feel like you allow people in your life or keep people in your life that may be um 
toxic just because like you were maybe like dealt with abandonment or you don't have a lot of people around you well yeah i feel like um there's a lot of toxic people who are like are around me not so much of anymore but like those relationships that i had like with my cousins and stuff or whoever it may be like my papa andre whoever like it was hard it's hard like saying no to my dad like sorry i won't be along for this ride that shit was hard you mm-hmm. know like any other time like i have faith in you you're gonna be sober like this time i'm like <laughs> i'm good yeah. but enjoy i wish you luck i pray whatever yeah and the same thing with, like, my, I have a favorite cousin, my favorite cousin, but, like, <laughs> it's never, I've never benefited nothing. Like, I have a lot of friends, too. Like, I've never benefited nothing from friendships, like, but some laughs. Yeah. And I'm thinking, like, bitch, I'm the funny one. The yeah. fuck? Like, other than that, I've been used and abused, you know what I'm saying? But mm-hmm. I'm thinking, like, all these friendships are it. Like, and I feel like because of my, my the... The abandonment from my parents it's like i always want to be with somebody like friend wise not yeah. not settle with no nigga or anything but just like be with my friends all the fucking time yeah. like one time i did settle too it was like last year i almost settled with this nigga and i called my friends up and i said i hate y'all like i yeah. almost settled with a nigga because i'm bored yeah like bitches come over like what are we doing like yeah. almost i almost settled yeah. With this nigga. Come over. Ugh. That's like a realization of that a lot of not even just women. I feel like I deal with that. Like so I don't I don't like San Antonio. I mean that's let's just put that out there. He like, was from Houston. Mm, they the worst ones. I'm from Houston. So I can tell you that. But like I'll say like when I moved here, I had I have a lot of friends. I have a lot of people that I know, let me say that, or that know me. And I was around so many people all the time, but I didn't have like a genuine relationship with a lot of people so i felt lonely and i think that that's like attractive man i've always i've always felt alone like even as a child i would felt alone like, yeah playing by myself i was the only child like alone mm-hmm. i was actually telling my mom that the other day i was like you know what like out here i feel like i'm by myself like i don't feel like i have anybody like i feel like i don't have um a like solid not necessarily yeah like emotional support like when shit goes when i'm having a bad day like i gotta call somebody and like talk to them on the phone i'm affectionate i want somebody like physically here but i also feel like even calling me but look i feel like that's how like girls get into well me at least i feel like that's how i get into relationships because like i'll be i'll meet a dude and like you know you it's convenient it's convenient comfortable yes and then you settle for a nigga that's not the person you're supposed to be with because you want to be around somebody or you want some kind of support some kind of affection and that shit is dangerous like so no but like i feel like i was reading about your relationship Mm -hmm. and i was like bro this is me like this is i used to do i I was i've never been in an abusive relationship but i definitely dealt with niggas that were emotionally verbally abusive just because i felt like i needed something or i didn't want to lose like the good part of our relationship right no and that wasn't like let's be clear like that wasn't my last like abusive relationship i feel like that was one that kind of just that was my first real relationship and that's what it was you know like Mm-hmm. I don't know, but I knew I wasn't gonna settle with him. <laughs> yeah, that's what I did know. Once that third year, like 
Bro used to cheat on me too. Like you see, like he used to cheat on me all in the beginning of the relationship, and I did some fuck shit too. And but like by the time it it was coming to an end, I knew it was coming to an end. I knew I had to pick myself. Like I hadn't picked myself the whole three years that we've been together. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. And so yeah, like nah. So like this is my last question. This is how we're gonna end this. Healing is very important. Like, mm-hmm. from all this that you go through, like, if you don't heal from this, your life is just going to be miserable. Like, you're just going to be It's going to be a cycle. Yeah. You're going to be doing the same shit over and over again. Yeah, you're never going to be happy, like, no matter what you accomplish or what you go through. So, like, what does healing look like for you? And, like, clearly you have been in therapy, so you've been starting the process. But, like, do you feel like, one, that you'll ever be healed, like, completely? And if so, what does healing look like to you? Um, I feel like healing never ends. It truly doesn't end. Like demons, some demons don't go away, you know. And it's just up to you. Like if that voice inside you is gonna be bigger than the demons inside you. Yeah. Cause I was talking to my homegirl and she was saying, I like, man, she be wanting to kill herself. And I'm like, man, don't get me wrong. Like sometimes weird ass thoughts do pop up in my head where mm-hmm. I'm like, bitch, why? What are you doing here? Yeah. And then, but it's just something in me that'd be like, bitch, shut up. Like, yeah. what are you doing? It's yeah. like an angel and a devil, really. Like. Yeah, and I, people deal with that. I was just telling that. Too. I think that's the whole mental health part of it. It's like this voice in your fucking head. Like, anybody with a voice in their head besides their conscious, mm-hmm. you crazy. And it's okay to be crazy, you know? Like, yeah. a good crazy, because I'm a good crazy. So it's like, you know, like, some voice, some voices be playing with they, with with each other in my head. I can't really help it, but I tell yeah. one to shut up. Mm-hmm. Like, shut up, nigga. I got a daughter to take care of. Yeah, and I, I talked about that, like, in a past podcast about like the idea of like suicide or like not even just suicide but self-harm in general and like how those things like i don't know how or why they creep into your head but they do and it they I do i don't know if it's whether somebody is stronger or what but like how you deal with that some people like really you don't really take a lot of those thoughts for them and just off themselves but like other people i feel like it'd be, and honestly it'd be so much when people when people do give up it'd be so much like it seems like it's nothing, mm-hmm. and it's like who who are we to say what so much and what a little, something small happened to them, you know? Yeah. Because something small that happened to us could be something so big to another person yeah. that that's that's all they fucking need to take them over the edge, yeah. you know? I guess we not built like that, but um. Yeah, and I I always wonder like what that was because I know like racially I'm not even gonna say racially but like I was talking about this earlier today that like killing them so like a lot of I. I would say white people, let's use it as an example. And like they have they they aren't the people who kill themselves the most. I mean I honestly I honestly don't know the statistic, but they seem to be the ones that kill themselves the most. But I think that's because I think they that's because never really have to deal with as much as we dealt with. So whenever they get inconvenienced or they deal with shit that they don't feel like is normal, mm-hmm. they can't handle it. They don't know how to handle it. And that's the only way that they can think to process it. Yeah. But see, okay, ma'am, I think just as many, I don't know if as many, but I feel like there's a lot of Africans and black people who um, use escapism. I feel like um, many of you will hurt themselves and kill themselves. Yeah. But we don't talk about it. I had, a, I had an uncle, and he committed suicide when I was nine. I was pissed. I was like, this fucking funeral was on my birthday. Oh, damn. So, like, <laughs> half the family was on my birthday. Half the family was, was at his 
you know, selfish shit when you're nine. Like, yeah. nigga, how dare you? But I didn't know he killed himself until later on in life because mm-hmm. none of my, the Christians, because it was a sin, they never spoke about it. I said, yeah. what happened? Yeah. Like, damn. That's a thing. And, and then I- now, check it out. Sis cutting herself and shit and da 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 all this shit runs in the family, this yeah. sad shit. Like, get the fuck out of here. Like, and I think that's, like, that's another thing, too. Like, we're healing. Like, how the, how am I going to heal if I don't know the full truth? Like, if you're not telling me, like, if I didn't know, like, what my mama or daddy, grandma, great-grandma was going through, you know what I'm saying? Like, I got, like, if my aunt, if my great-grandma was a hoe, Mm-hmm. And my mama was a hoe, and I'm a hoe, but nobody talked about that shit. Like, I, great grandma, you you look at it like a great grandma. Meanwhile, you beating yourself up on the inside. Yeah. Like, what's wrong with me? What's wrong with me? Why am I like this? I hate me. I hate me. Like, no, yeah. you don't hate you. You don't hate you. Because it, yeah. it's been you and you and you right in front of you this whole time acting just like that, but they don't show that side when you're a little kid. Yeah. So that's why, like, I would say that for me, and it's how I want to close it, like, I want the truth no matter what. Like, I want the truth. No matter how bad it hurt, no matter like what it is, no matter what and you I think my like reaction is to as a parent, that is like the number one thing you can do for your kid mm-hmm. is tell them the motherfucking truth. Yeah, because I, I feel like that's the only way to heal. That's the only way to grow and to change. Like if I'm lying to you or lying to like like you, like your lying, therapist, or they whatever, be lying like, to themselves. People lie to themselves and they say I don't live in the past. I live in the future. Like bitch, you ain't. You can't live in the future if you ain't yeah. addressed the past. Like, yeah. stop lying. Like, they want to mask this pain and mask, mask their their past with drugs, alcohol, the whole minimizing their shit. Mm-hmm. Like, I live in the, I live in the, I live in the, I live in the present. I don't live in the past. Like, bitch, you I, I still haven't, I still haven't forgot what you did to me in my past, bitch. So let's go down memory lane real yeah. fast. So, that's how I want to end it. Like, honestly, at this. At, I don't know how old people are. I feel like a, I got a bit really weird demographic on my podcast. But, like, to me, I think that the way to, like, heal from a lot of this shit is to just tell the truth. No matter what it's going to feel like to somebody else, if you feel like it's going to hurt them, I think eventually the truth is always going to hurt, heal and help you. Yeah. So I think that, like, to avoid a lot of this shit. The truth sets you free, truly. Yeah. So, like, that's... And a lot of people, I will say, a lot of people do not like me. I got a lot of friends, a lot of people that I'm close with, a lot of people that I'm cool with. But there are a certain group of people that, like, cannot handle me. And I think it's because a lot of people do not want to hear or face the truth. Because right. people don't like criticism. They don't like to hear be faced with shit that they are ignoring. So, um, I think that in, in short, if we're honest from the beginning with ourselves and we deal with our trauma and our issues and go dig deep and ask the right questions to the people that raise you us. and you have to want to you feel me like because like i mean it should be a part of soul searching you know yeah i mean but most of the time some of us are lucky enough to have a nice little clean slate like our yeah. parents wasn't that motherfucking bad yeah some niggas went to college and shit might have been hoes in college but that's life you feel me yeah that's cool that's tight so kudos to them well ladies or gentlemen whoever's listening i want to thank you don for coming on thanks for talking about your book i'm so happy i could be on your podcast let's do a plug where can they find your book on amazon for now diamond in the rough diamond with a y spell your name d-y-a-m-o-n-d in the rough and so that's going to be on amazon and then also if you want to follow her on instagram her instagram is at dime taylor with a y right what yeah, Dime Taylor. Yeah. What a why. 
So, um, but y'all already knew my Instagram. It's gonna be in the, the description too, because clearly that's also another thing. We'll talk about that later. But <laughs> I want to talk about like how you being vulnerable in this book sheds a different light on like people who might have like a certain heightened following or like influence in life. Yeah, you know, like I feel like these people just act like they life perfect. Everything is perfect, but nobody's fucking life is perfect. So, Mm-mm. but that's okay. Not. Thank you, ladies, for listening to another episode of My Sister's House. Follow me uh, at Made in Asia um, on Instagram and follow the podcast uh, My Sister's House underscore on Instagram as well. Uh, I'm going to be working on a lot of things. Like I said, there's a lot of stuff that I'm doing right now. So forgive me for not being as consistent. Your girl basically are, I'm doing four jobs right now um, when it comes to like shit that I'm trying to get done. But, you know, that'll all come out by 2020. So um look out for the next episode and i'm probably gonna be posting this very very soon in the youtube video to match so thank y'all and listen up next time thanks again for tuning into my sister's house make sure you subscribe so you don't miss a single episode if you like today's show rate and review and then follow me on social media at made in asia for updates i can't wait to see you for the next episode see you later ladies